This episode is brought to you by Creative Edge Publicity. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Let Fear Bounce. This is Kim Langling, your host, and I am so pleased that you are spending just a small part of your day with me today, as well as with my guest, Zyra Pirzada. She has been featured on CBS as a main actress in the primetime TV series Hunted, Wired and other popular media outlets for her technical acumen and is currently a popular selling poet of the collection Kurban, A Poet's Liberation. Zyra is also a prominent conference speaker and writer for Gartner Inc., the world's first and largest end-user IT consultancy firm, and she now professionally practices as a poet, actress, technology startup advisor, and cyber security strategist. Strategist. <laughs> okay, wow. You do a lot, Zyra, um, and it's kind of all over the place, which I find fascinating. So, you know, a cyber security strategist to, you know, poet to actress. How did all of that come about, by golly? <laughs> serendipity I didn't choose all of that you know there's so many folks that just fall into things but fall into them pretty well <laughs> and that's it if I give you more backstory about this journey it would all of it would make absolutely no sense I'm going to be totally honest it makes and those no are the most interesting stories the ones that really don't make sense yeah. You know, yeah, no, they, they are. <laughs> I'm okay. going to pick one of these things and we'll start off that way. And by the way, welcome to Let Fear Bounce. And thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Okay. So CBS, a TV series hunted. Now, honestly, I can honestly say I've not watched it, but now I will. I want to check out a uh, episode or two but how did that come about have you did you were you an actress you know is that something that you were studying to be how did that come about <laughs> so I was in grad school finishing up grad school in DC at the time and I just decided to randomly apply to a lot of different intelligence jobs and then this this one position sort of fell in my lap and I didn't understand the gravity of it. I was younger. This is, it's been a quite a, quite some time since the show, maybe, maybe five years, mm -hmm. five or so years. And at that time, what was I 24, 25? And I was just shooting from the hip is what it felt like. <laughs> and, um, when I got the call back and I started going through rounds of auditions, started to hit me that, oh, this is a, this is a show show. This is a thing. <laughs> and then once I got to LA for us to speak through the show, game plan, how we would film and get on, even when the cameras were rolling, I just had no idea that I was in a show show. It just, I, for some reason, these things weren't registering. I, I couldn't really put it together. Since I was young, I did love acting, drama, anything art related. And this is where the poetry kind of comes in. I, from a very young age, adored writing, loved writing, studied, studied poetry in college and studied IR and military and strategy and intelligence as well. So it comes from my sort of undying curiosity. And that's how that happened. 
But once the camera started rolling and the show started to happen, we had to capture fugitives, simulated fugitives in real time. And one of the skill sets I had built over the course of my graduate career and some of the time I was working was open source intelligence and uh, social media analysis and human intelligence. All to say, it just worked out. <laughs> it just worked out. Just worked out. Well, it's all, it's all very fascinating. Because it almost, you know, what, as you were speaking, I was starting to think of like, you know, a profiler. So when you're, yeah. when you're doing those types of things, is that kind of in that same realm of your, your profiling to, you know, to figure out, I, I'm just going to say the bad people, the bad guys, um, you know, what they're, my, what they're thinking, what their next moves may be. Yeah, actually, yeah. I was, I was one of those people out of grad school and even during grad school that was really interested in defense and intelligence work. And again, college, Stony Brook University, the hub of all great things I feel, uh, brought me to that place, allowed me to make education my playground. And I had wonderful teachers there to help me do that. And during that time, I started to learn a lot about international relations, conflict, and also dug my heels deep into poetry. Uh, poetry is my artistic outlet. It was how I can show myself, create from myself. And then where my logic reasoning and all of that, um, that, that curious urge to dig into human history came from, was from my, that IR background. That's what brought me to DC. And when I was in DC, for some reason, the gear shifted more towards military history and military security and defense. So yeah. you would, you mentioned, you know, your poetry as a creative outlet, and, you know, of course it is because it's, it's creative. Do you find yourself writing your poetry as also a bit of a cathartic means because of the heaviness of what you do for your job? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. My first poetry collection, Gurban, that I released, you'll see it in there all of it. Um, a lot of the work that I've done really gave me some great but horrific insight into the trials and tribulations of humanity across the globe. This was enough for me to deal with from a logical perspective, but I needed to let it out. So poetry is definitely my outlet. You know, and there's not a lot of people that have, well, because it sounds like you use both your left side and your right side of your brain equally. <laughs> and most people lean towards one or the other, the logical side or the creative side. Yours sound like they're both just as strong and you found a good way to meld them together. And also in a healthy way with your poetry and being able to, to let that out. Because some of the stuff, you know, well, it's pretty heavy stuff that you're dealing with. Yeah, and I'm a veteran myself, and I am a huge advocate for veterans. And over the years, I've interviewed many, many veterans and heard their stories of, you know, what they witnessed, what they had to do to stay alive each day, or maybe even every minute of each day. And those stories paint pictures in my head that stay with me. 
And I have found that writing for me as well is very cathartic and helps me to release some of that because otherwise I feel like I carry it. Do you find that with yourself? Do you, if you don't let that out in some creative means or in some way, do you carry some of the heaviness of what it is that you do on a day-to-day -day basis? Quick answer, yes, but first, uh, before I even get into that, thank you for serving. It means a lot. Um, so thank you, Kim. And also, I haven't experienced warfare. I haven't experienced my friends dying in that respect or anyone I know, even close acquaintance. So that's an entirely different um, feeling, and I respect it so much. But I will say, as, as far as my experience has gone throughout my life, I, I use writing as a means to emote. Yeah, it's the best way I can. Some folks are wonderful at playing music. Some others are wonderful at all other things. For me, there's two things, poetry and reading. These fall into this, a similar category. And then physical exercise. That's, that's it. I'm glad you said that because I know when I have things that are heavy on me or feel like they become heavy, I, I'm big on movement, exercise. And if it's not exercise, I'm cleaning out my kitchen cupboards. <laughs> you know? yeah. The body carries so much emotional weight and we always just think it's sitting in this weird place in our head or weird place in our heart. They're, they're symbols, but really our body's carrying it. It carries it everywhere. Yes, it does in every part of your body. And if more people realize that, I think we all might be just a smidge healthier. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, we carry emotions, emotional memory and all of that. Oh you know, where do people think triggers come from? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Emotional memory. Yeah. That, interesting stuff. Interesting stuff. So you did, you did, you've done acting. Do you still act? Do you still do any acting? Yes, so I just finished acting school. I, I went to William Esper Studio for the two-year program and learned the Meisner technique. It was an absolutely wonderful program. Uh, we just finished up and it was a tumultuous ride because of the COVID situation and having to pause. So now I I've learned to pick up my life in a different way when we hit pause on acting school and put on a whole host of other responsibilities on my plate. So now that school is over, I'm learning to let go of some of those other responsibilities and lead more towards my passion. And yes, I'm, I'm now auditioning a lot more, uh, rehearsing by myself on monologues and then meeting up with groups to do that too. So what, what type of acting I, for, okay, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. The Meisner technique, what is that? Uh, it's living truthfully in under imaginary circumstances is the best way that I can say it. So it's being truthful to yourself, though you understand that the circumstance is imaginary, being honest about how your impulses are. So the Meisner technique is not really fitting into a specific character or what the expectation of a role is, but rather how you meet that character with your own self. Gotcha. So you, how you become. Yes. Yeah. You, you create, it's as if you weave yourself into the character. That's what I was, I was, <laughs> I was thinking weaving. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. when I, I, um, when I write, 
because I'm a writer and an author and I often think to myself, all right, are, are the readers gonna see the picture I'm trying to weave together here with these words? And so I often will have that mental picture in my head. Am I weaving this together the right way? So as you were talking, I was picturing, all right, she's, you know, mentally weaving all this together to become, you know, whatever it is, the character. Interesting stuff. This is fascinating. I've not, well, I'm not an actress. I, I've never been into the, that realm at all. So I'd never heard of the Meisner technique. So thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. So you're doing more auditions and such, and you said you're taking some of those other responsibilities that you put on yourself and you're now kind of shuffling them to a different part of the shelves. Um, mm -hmm. Do you find yourself writing a lot or are you giving yourself more time to write? I have to, I have to, that's the thing. Every day sometimes, you know, I have the, whenever I have a, an impulse, I don't know if this happens to you. There's there's a moment and you might be doing something totally different and you're like, it's here. You have to just run towards it because you know that you won't get it again. It won't, it won't come to you again like that. And if you try to make it up from what it was during your free time, it just won't be the same magic. It won't be. So that happens every single day in moments that I can't plan myself. So I am. I'm not even gonna lie, sometimes I'm driving, I'll go down the Brooklyn Bridge or something, this was the other day, and some words will re like play in my mind and I'll know exactly what I want to say about something because I'm so deep into it when I'm, when I'm driving and I will have to pull over. I will have to go somewhere and repeat what I've been saying in my head over and over until I jot it down. So that's an everyday thing. I have done that so many times and I keep a notebook in every room in my house. Yeah. <laughs> I have one in, I have one in my purse anytime I'm in a store or I will make a special stop at like a dollar store because I know they have these great little notebooks for a buck you know I keep them yeah. I keep them everywhere oh my gosh yeah so I always say these little notebooks are for my brilliant ideas that I come with spontaneously because they do they hit you out of nowhere and you're going oh oh that was word oh oh and you have to hurry I hurry up and try and write it down or I will, if I'm, I, I'm outdoors a lot. I, I love being outdoors and I live in a country setting. So it's perfect for me. And I take my dog on walks. And a lot of times when I'm way out in the woods or in the field, that comes. And I find myself, now that we have smartphones, I record myself with my voice thoughts. Memos. Oh, I've, how many untitled voice memos I have and I have to dig <laughs> through them. <laughs> They're all just numbers and you're like okay what one was that one <laughs> yeah. yeah or i'll get the notes app or something and start writing into the notes app i'm glad i'm not the only one who does that because there are times i'll become frantic i'm like no I, i've got to it's like i have to get that spoken out or written down because i will forget it and it's it's a good one i don't want to lose this one yeah you know yeah I feel as though sometimes I've given up on notebooks because I just can't write as fast as I'm thinking. I can't. Exactly. Like, let me just find it. I took um, in high school, I'm a few years older than you, but in high school, we took shorthand in, in our oh, business courses. Yes. So I, and I've forgotten most of it. And I was, I have literally been thinking about finding something online so I can refresh myself on shorthand because my scribbles 
in my notebook, sometimes I can't read it. <laughs> I'll be going, wow, I was really trying to get that thought out fast. And like you said, it's, you can't get the words out fast enough to, yeah. you know, but I, I don't know. I'm big on paper. I like to hold it in my hand oh. and look at it and write notes and highlight and have arrows everywhere. You know, that's just how my brain goes, but I'm with you. It's, I'm... it's fun to hear how other, how other writers, how they're, how their brains go, you know, when their thoughts hit, because of course they're always brilliant thoughts, of course. So when those brilliant thoughts hit, it's always fun to learn what other, what other folks, how other folks deal with that. So your poetry, what is the type of poetry that you write? Well, if we're talking about genres, subgenres, I play with everything. I play with the realist school, naturalist school. I play with a lot of different writing styles that the transcendentalists had in, in more older American poetry. And then I focus also on marrying a lot of Persian and Urdu style poetry into my writing because that's my background. So it's a mix. <laughs> I'm not stuck on any one thing at all, but I can say that a lot of what I'm writing today is either structured somewhat like a ghazal it's a type of poem in the Persian and Urdu canon. And I also just free verse, just to get the thoughts out. If I can put them together, I can. That's interesting. And I like how you just kind of go with what's comfortable with you. You're not pigeonholing yourself into any one type of writing, you know, or prose, however you want to word it. And I'm, I'm not a poet, though I like to play around. I like words. And I like how you can weave them together. And to me, it always, it, it always comes up as a picture in my brain. I, I have to paint a picture first and then I come up with the words for it. Oh, I, that's typically how I see it. I'll see the picture and go, oh, okay. And, you know, and see how the characters or plants are moving in the wind. Then I come up with the right words to paint that, you know, kind of free flowing. So I, I appreciate how, how you do that. One thing I, I want to ask you a question because one thing that I do, and I learned it at a, a writer's conference that I attended a few years ago, the way to really tighten and hone your writing. And so I took that part of the class at this conference and it was writing haikus. Have you uh, ever done that? Absolutely. It's so fun. Absolutely. The cutting of words. Uh, I hope I'm not butchering the pronunciation. Kireji, kireji. I pronounce it probably because of my background in my language, but uh, that cutting of words, basically 17 in a 575 pattern, that is the most, one of the most impressive metered forms or even just poetry forms. Because you can, wow, in, in, in a short poem, you can say so much. It's great practice. It's great practice for a punch. I've, yeah, I love writing haiku. Is it my preferred style of poetry? No, but does it help me refine the skill of saying what I need to say with a dagger? Yeah. That's, that's, what, that's why I had taken that during that conference because I wanted to refine, you know, and, and yeah. be able to tighten is the word I always come up with. Tighten my words. Yeah, because you're writing a story and I'll, I'll just get it out there and then go back later. I always say I put it to the side and let it simmer. And I'll come back a day or two later and reread it and say, all right, time to tighten this up a little bit, <laughs> you know, but haiku, I started out as practicing on how to tighten it, tighten up my writing, make it more concise. 
but then it became fun and challenging. Now, I know in some of your background, you already said that you've been an avid reader and an avid writer. Where did that love of words come from for you? My family. My grandfather raised me, my mother's father, and he was an avid reader and he was a poet as well. So a lot of it came from him, influenced by him, actually, a good part of it. And my mom always took my brother and uh, me to the library. And that was our after-school activity. She loved reading. Um, she still loves reading, actually. I haven't seen her read as often, but she, I know she adores it. And we would be in the library for hours every day. And it was my playground. So let's just say it was home, yeah. I love libraries. I like the feeling when you walk in the front door. And to me, it's always a feeling first and then the smell. Yes, uh, there's this, um, depends what library you go to, but some will have these automatic doors or the pull open doors, but what you can smell is a mix of air conditioning and paper. Yes, old and new paper. Yeah, yeah. And, and it just brings to my just brings to me all kinds of pictures. I'm like, oh, I'm walking into like all these different worlds right now. I love the library. Yeah. <laughs> or bookstores don't carry that same sentiment, but they carry like a sliver of it because of just seeing books, I guess. But libraries, right. just seeing people with hordes of books or sitting quietly dedicated to a book is just it's so romantic. I think. Yes. And I, you know, you often, at least I used to often think, because I used to go to the library every day on my lunch hour at work. I worked on like a, we call it the diamond here, you know, like the city center and it was a circle, you know? And so we had like the courthouse and the library and attorney's offices. So I used to walk down to the library every day at lunch and walk in and just think, you know, what, what world can I explore today? You know, who's going to pull me in? So I would just walk the, I would just walk the bookshelves and see what would pull me in. You know, sometimes it was thrillers. Sometimes it was like cheesy romance. Other times it's historical fiction or historical nonfiction, whatever. I just, yeah, it's always, uh, libraries are a wonder to me. And I wish that they were used as often as they used to be. Oh, me too. I, I intentionally moved right next to the Brooklyn Public Library, this massive institution. Yeah, I intentionally saved up my money to move there recently. Why? Because only a block away, I can get to the library and sit there and dig my heels into any one aisle and just grab, grab and read and grab and read. Even if it means not finishing something, that's fine. I just want to see what's in someone's head for like 10, 15 minutes and I'll right. go into someone else's mind. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love libraries. Yeah. Words, books, everything about it. I love it. And it's nice to meet another person, another kindred spirit with those same, <laughs> same feelings and thoughts. This has been awesome. This has been awesome. Time flies. Time flies. We have, uh, we've gone just about a half hour already. <laughs> oh my gosh. It yes. does not feel like it. Can't I know time flies. So we're at the point now where I would love for you to share where folks can find you, where they can find your book. And also if you've got anything new that you're working on that might be coming up um, in the near or far future, share that with the listeners. Sure. So any listener can find me at my website, zyraprasada.com. 
And also you can find my book out at any independent bookseller as well as popular booksellers. If you just go ahead and Google Qurban or use your search engine of choice and Google the title Qurban, A Poet's Liberation, you'll be able to get the book pretty much anywhere. Um, so I'm glad it's so accessible. And as of right now, I'm working on a new collection titled Fana, F-A-N-A-A, -A, which is just absolution. It means the absolute end. And it's going to be a pretty um, strong collection of poetry about faith, theology, sociopolitics, and then the emotional strife of romantic relationships. So it'll marry all of them quite well, I hope. <laughs> so far. Wow, so. that sounds incredibly interesting. A lot going to be happening in that one. Yeah, it's <laughs> taken, ah, and my energy is gone. I, I retreated to Long Island and also just retreated into the woods. We live here on a good amount of just solid land with, with nothing. And I just needed to sit and think. And it's, it's taken everything out of me to write this one. So I'm excited. And you definitely need that time to recharge. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Well, I am looking forward to that. So we got to keep in touch. So when this comes out, let me know so we can get you back on and we can chat about it. Oh, oh, I cannot wait, Kim. Time flies with you, so I'd be more than happy to. And I'm sure that you'll see me when, when it's out. Yeah, this has been an awesome conversation. Thank you so much for, for taking time out of your day to sit with myself and my listeners, of course, out there in the world that listen in to Let Fear Bounce. This has been a true pleasure. So uh, yeah, Zyra, thank you so much. And good luck with everything that you're doing because you're doing a lot. So good luck and blessings on all of it. Thank you, Kim. Thank you. And I look forward to seeing your writing too. So. Well, thank you. <laughs> All right. And all of you out there listening, thanks once again for, again, spending part of your day with myself and my guest, Zyra, today. And as always, on Wednesdays, that's where you can listen on in on any platform that's out there, folks. So all of you, take care, be well, stay well, and be blessed.